Welcome to Cybersecurity Insights and Perspectives. I'm your host, Kevin Green. Today we have industry experts with the insights and perspectives on the latest cybersecurity news impacts your agency and organization. Today we will have Stuart McClure, CEO and visionary at Sightlines. Good day, Stuart. How are you doing? Excellent. How are you, Kevin? Pretty good. Thanks for joining the podcast today. I think we have a lot of interesting things to discuss on the cybersecurity front. Great. So one of the things I, I noticed, I was reading... Uh, you have a Operation Cleaver report where it tracks hacking campaigns and activity of at least 20 hackers and developers collaborating to target critical infrastructure. The report goes on to mention that many organizations fall victim to the glue flu, essentially feeling stuck, not wanting to change the status quo for fear of finding problems. So one of the questions I want to ask you, how do we go about changing this mentality so that we can better protect and secure our critical infrastructure? Yeah, so that was a big finding we have. We, we see it constantly in the industry, not just in Operation Cleaver and the report that we produced. We see it constantly we have for a long time. And it's this sort of fear of finding problems and faults that they have to go and track down and fix because they just don't feel empowered. And I think it comes right back down to that very essential element. They do not feel empowered to identify and then to prevent the attacks that come their way. And I think it's in part education. It's, it's also in part exposure to new technologies and concepts and techniques and things of that nature. But you don't have to look very far to gain that insight and, and knowledge. And so I think, you know, the way that we change it is is just a a combination of a number of things. And first is education and exposure. You know, knowing that there are technologies like ours at Silence that can protect the endpoint, uh, looking at new and emerging uh, techniques for detection, being able to, you know, if we can't prevent the attack, uh, there's, no, there's no such thing as 100%, that we have to detect the attack at some level, being able to put in a detection program that allows you to detect that which we can't prevent, and then finally putting in a response program that, even though you can detect 99%, you're still going to miss, you know, the 1%. So putting in a response program in place that is uh, well thought out, well structured, and that you can follow, the entire company can follow, when a breach does occur and when your prevention and detection layers simply miss it. And I think it's just a big exposure and education process. Um, and, you know, also, quite frankly, the technologies that are coming out on the market, unfortunately, stay and hype a lot and deliver on very little. And so we've all been so burned by technologies that have under-delivered and over-promised. And so a lot of folks are just burned out. They just don't believe vendors anymore. And I don't blame them. Uh, they tend to promise that they'll detect everything or prevent everything. And, and the reality is far from that claim. And so I think empowering customers to also test these technologies, um, you know, prove them out a bit um, and, and challenge those in the, those people in the companies to really push to what they really can and cannot do. Can we expect another Operation Cleaver report or something similar in the near future? Well, actually, we're just about to release a report actually next week on a smaller campaign still targeting critical infrastructure. 
um, and targeting a country outside of the U.S. specifically. So I can't give too many uh, details on that because it'll be coming out next week. But suffice it to say that countries are actively targeting uh, other nation states for both intelligence and a footprint or foothold into the critical infrastructure space. So everything from oil and gas to natural energy utility companies, uh, nuclear energy, you name it. And there is no lack of interest for controlling and being able to get access into these environments to do all kinds of stuff. I know you mentioned that a lot of these technologies that's coming out, these cybersecurity capabilities are behind the power curve. How are you adapting silence capabilities to move beyond traditional detect and response paradigms to a more proactive approach to cybersecurity? Yeah, and that is the paradigm, right? Everybody seems to just have given up on prevention. You know, they've just given up on all the empty promises and they've said, forget it. We don't, we're not even going to try and prevent anymore. We're just going to detect and then respond whatever we can detect. And we'll, we'll wait to respond on things that we can't detect. And, and so ultimately we've become these glorified janitors that just clean up messes all day long on the network and on systems. And that's no way to prevent an attack. Um, in fact, it is 100% reactive. I think through technologies like ours at Silence and leveraging artificial intelligence and machine learning and true mathematics, technologies like ours are going to start to pro- proliferate in the space, uh, not just our company, but there'll be others. These technologies are what will get us a, a leg up against the adversary because when you abstract the detection and prevention of maliciousness to an algorithm or to a mathematical formula, you truly become predictive. You can literally predict whether or not a new attack or a new activity is going to be malicious or not before it ever starts. And that's the true predictive nature of AI and uh, machine learning in the security space. So no longer we have to wait for an update or check in with the cloud or, you know, wait until it runs and watch it on the 100th file delete, but, you know, not allow the 101st file delete, you know, none of that. With the power of machine learning and what we're doing at Silence, you can actually predict whether it's going to be malicious or not before it ever starts and then block it from ever starting. So us and other technologies that will come will really put us ahead. Yeah, I think we really need a a shot of adrenaline or something to push us past the power curve because as you mentioned, yeah. uh, we're we're reacting and not and not being proactive in terms of uh responding to some of these cyber threats. And speaking of cyber threats, yeah. what you know, I want to shift focus for a second. What what are some important trends for government agencies to pay attention to with regards to e- the evolving threats? Well, some of the things that they need to stay in touch with, sure, is the traditional you know, information sharing program. So if other agencies are getting hacked up or they're seeing on the commercial side industry sharing information about how they got compromised or the activity that they're seeing, they need to be able to respond to that for sure. But again, that's just more reactive nature of security. To really get ahead of the attacker and the adversary, you need to put very solid, strong controls in place, and ones that don't, you know, quite frankly, restrict the user to such a degree that they can't even use the computer. So you want frictionless controls is what we call it. Controls that do a large amount of prevention, 
without preventing the actual usage of the computer by the user. So start with strong frictionless controls, then move into true prevention, getting ahead of the detection. Uh, why detect and respond when you can simply prevent? And then lastly, moving and evolving into automation of all of this. So today, if you look at a typical plot diagram, if you had on the X and Y axis both the automation capabilities as well as the detect, prevent, and respond capabilities, and you looked at this chart, you would see that most everybody today is heavily manual and they're heavily response-oriented. But what we need to focus on and push and drive companies towards is a very automated prevention model that reduces the control friction to next to zilch. And when you do that as, as an organization, as a government entity, as anybody, what you'll find is an insanely impactful and effective way of controlling and preventing the adversary in your organization with very little expense. What do you think are some actionable ways, I should say, for government agencies to use threat intelligence to improve their cyber readiness and capabilities? Well, the way government agencies use it today is they share information uh, that they have seen some activity either, you know, from their deployment of Einstein or other similar technologies that go about and look for malicious activity based on, of course, signatures. And they can certainly continue to do that in a more effective, efficient fashion, uh, you know, quicker and, and more and automated for sure. But ultimately, they know that that's like riding a bicycle on the handlebars backwards. You know, it, you, you have to make a lot of jerky movements and you're probably going to hit something because you're constantly turning around looking behind you. And so the real answer, I think, with all of these um, security programs inside these organizations is they have to truly move to a far more preventative model. So take that same information and um, do their own uh, intelligence um, kind of collection from the information and then be able to predict where attacks will come, you know, using things like, you know, Sounds Protect and there's other technologies on the network that use machine learning algorithms that can really predict whether or not activity is going to be malicious before it ever starts. And it's really this evolution to prevention that is going to help save all of these organizations in simply responding to these attacks versus preventing them from from day zero. Speaking of evolving or evolution, I know we've seen a lot of the news about DHS Einstein program. Um, there was a GAO report that cited some findings. Um, so one of the things I want to know is, you know, if you were asked to help improve DHS Einstein 3A program, what recommendations would you give? Well, I would probably recommend to start from scratch. I, I would take all of the information that they've been able to gather over the years, all of the captured network traffic, all of the PCAPs, all the sessions, things of that nature, and build a machine learning program to learn from that data, to be able to abstract the data into you know millions or billions of features and feed that into machine learning algorithms to determine whether or not activity is going to be malicious before it ever comes. So to truly take all that data and be predictive, um, I don't think that's going to happen in my lifetime, uh, but it's certainly something that I would recommend to anyone who asks. Yeah, I think, you know, being more proactive and having machine learning, which is becoming a new way to really be predictive and, and kind of um, 
uh, stay on the front of what the hacker activity is doing um, to really try to put controls in place. I think that's a great idea. And I think, you know, hopefully we can turn this thing around and really improve our cyber capabilities in the federal government. Stuart, before I leave, I'd be remiss to ask, how is the Hacking Exposed books coming along? They're coming along great. I mean, we've, we're in our seventh edition, but uh, there's always interest to update it and, and do something new. And so we're we're definitely always on the lookout for uh, a potential new hot way to present this material and this data because it's it really does. I mean, I'm always blown away and humbled by how many lives the books have affected throughout the years and around the globe um, in really helping careers to get started, get people to understand how attackers work. And, and you know, I continue, you know, as the original founding author of the book series, I continue to try and get out new and fresh content as best that I can to get that kind of awareness out and get people educated to know exactly how the bad guys are thinking and working. So there'll be more from us on that one. Remind me of my days at Ernst & Young and doing some of the hacking stuff and, and working with the group and work with you guys over in the national practice. Fun times. Yeah, that was great times uh, where a lot of it got started. Uh, was out of that Ernst & National Practice and working around the country with everybody to demonstrate how easy it was to break in and trying to educate and teach our clients how they got in and how to prevent them. And that was really fun times. Stuart, it's been great talking to you. Thanks again. And um, wish you well in 2016. Thanks so much, Kevin. You too. Well, I think we have to wrap it up here. We want to thank our guest today, Stuart McClure. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in to Cybersecurity Insights and Perspectives on Fescu Radio. with your host, Kevin Green. Until next time, peace.